When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. We're back. It's Talk of Champions. I've been Garrett at Spirit. Been on Twitter. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vets. Went on vacation for a week. It was great. It was great. About two hours in, in Florida, went swimming with my phone and already didn't have my computer. So I was completely unplugged for four days. Got David Johnson coming up for a recruit check. Going to have CJ Johnson for Thursday. But right now, Brad, man, I hadn't heard from you in a week. How you doing? Good, man. How you doing? So how did it go when you when you jumped in there and your phone was gone? Did you just like use your wife's phone all week or how'd that work? Yeah, I didn't do anything. And Emily was like, you're not going to be able to avoid going to the AT&T store. And I said, yes, I am. I'm going to do this. It was more of a proving it to myself than to her. But after the first three hours of not having a phone and that horror that you feel and feeling naked, <laughs> it was kind of wonderful. It really was. And you forget how we used to not be this way, completely plugged in all the time, constantly stimulated by our phones or our computer or whatever. And I learned how to be bored again, if that makes sense. Like when you're sitting there at a restaurant with your wife and kids, usually you're on your phone doing something stupid. I was just being bored. So learning to be bored again was wonderful. It was wonderful. I went to sleep early. It was crazy. I actually went and enjoyed the beach and I hate the beach but enjoy the ocean. It's so pathetic too, that I'm so used to having my phone on my hip that I didn't even feel it when I walked into the pool. I'm so used to that feeling of just being there on my hip. Didn't even think for a second, your phone's in your pocket until I went, Oh crap, where's my phone in my pocket. And I pulled it out and then it became a brick in like an hour. So it was wonderful after a while. I'll be honest with you to be completely unplugged from everything. I got to do it more often. Because I feel like every single day, the first thing I do is check my phone. And the last thing I do before I go to sleep is check my phone. So it was nice to not do any of that, to really not know what was going on in the world and sports and news. Nothing. Nothing. I was watching a little bit of TV. But getting your news from TV is just not the same as getting it from your pocket 24-7. So it was fun, man. It was fun to just completely check out. How were you last week? What did you do? Not a whole lot, man. We went to um, what do we do? We did something. I, I forget. Do we we go ninety ninety going nothing with all these kids? So, um, 
I forgot. We did. We, we probably, I think we went to the pool a couple times. I think we went up to Memphis, went to Trader Joe's. Yeah, just some just some little little stuff. Nothing nothing too crazy. Well, we went to Destin. We had a good time. I'm refreshed. Fall camp starts later this week. Arch Manning visited last week. What happened while I was gone? Anything of note? Because I know you pay attention to everything. You're talking to a number of people too. Did anything happen of note while I was gone? Arch visiting is a big deal outside of Yancey being creepy. What did we learn from Arch's visit to <laughs> Ole Miss? Well, I, I was able to talk to a couple of people about it that, that were pretty close to the situation. And apparently it went very, very well. Um, I think a lot better than they expected. And, and I think they're also extremely impressed with, with how mature he was and how how good of a kid he was. And, and apparently he was extremely smart in the film room already, which you could imagine. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, that for, by all accounts, they, um, they they really enjoyed spending some time with him, finally getting to know him real well. And and came away, um, you know, as advertised kind of deal. So I think, I think he had a good time. I think the coaches felt they did a really good job. So, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see from here. I think that, um, I think the decision will, will come a lot quicker than people realize, um, from, from kind of what I've heard. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think you'll, he'll, you'll know where he's going to go. Yeah, I would say probably right after the season, this football season, probably January or so. Well, me and David Johnson, my coworker at the Ole Miss Spirit, OleMissSpirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports, are going to dive into this a little bit more. But you and I were texting. Before I went and took a swim with my phone, I was texting with Brad, sitting on the beach, texting with Brad. And it was about this arch visit. And really, you kind of laid it out to me, because I don't pay attention to recruiting all that much anymore outside of talking to a handful of people. I don't do any kind of stories or anything like that. So from your perspective, from everybody you were talking to, what was important about getting him on campus? Why was it important to get this visit in now? Well, I think this this was his last one of the year, and I think that it was important for him to get to spend some time with Lane. I don't think they really knew know Lane real well, and um, you know, I think they, they they wanted him to get a chance to spend some time with them. And I think Levy's been kind of leading the charge on on recruiting him, and really he hasn't got to spend a whole lot of face to face time with Levy. So, um, you know, he got in here, got to got to meet Levy, got to got to spend a little time with Lane. So I think I think that was just important to him. Um, and, you know, I think, I think at the end of the day it comes, I think it's really down to two schools and I would say Ole Miss is in there. If, if I had to give my honest opinion, I think it's down to two with Ole Miss being right in there. So, um, yeah, I think this is just a really important visit for him to get to know the coaches. Okay. So what's the other school then? I think if I had to, if I had to guess, which I mean, I think it's a pretty educated guess. I think that, I think it's between Ole Miss and Texas. If, if I really did just by everything that I've kind of heard and, and, and talked with, I think um, I think it's it's really a 50-50 between Ole Miss and Texas. I'm sitting in for the fans right now. I'm going to sit in for the fans right now when I ask this question. Does Texas joining the SEC change anything? I don't know because, I mean, it, it, it just depends on how quickly they get in the SEC. I mean, if it's going to be 2025, it really doesn't matter. You know, he, he may get to play, what, a year in the SEC? Um, if anything, with them being in limbo, I think that would hurt him more than help him just because – you know, you got the Big 12s falling apart um, over the next couple of years, and you, know, you really, you really kind of don't want to be a part of that. So, I mean, if, if I had to guess, if they're not going to get in here right away, which I mean, I've kind of heard mixed reviews on this. Like, hey, Texas is going to figure out a way to get in there in the next year or two, you know, buyouts, whatever it may be. Or, and I've also heard, no, it's going to be 2025. So, um, I, I don't, I don't see how that plays in any any part of this if it's going to be 2025 i mean he's really not even a chance to play in the sec maybe one year well this is the first time i've talked to anybody about arch for any length of time since i got back 
So you're listening to this fan tuned into Talk Champions right now. You're listening to this at the same time I am, learning about this at the same time I am. And David Johnson, he's coming up on the Modern Woman phone line here shortly. What else did we learn last week while I was gone? Well, one thing I'm playing catch up on is Ole Miss Baseball added another pitcher in the transfer portal. And it's a big one. It's Oregon State transfer Jack Washburn. And I actually talked to Jack on Monday for a story that's running on this Tuesday. Talked to Mike Clement, Ole Miss baseball hitting coach, about him and some other signees that are coming in. I think this kind of caps what they're going to do in the transfer portal because once Tim Elko didn't get drafted, that solved their first base opening, if there ever really was one. Um, their lineup was solidified, and now the focus, the clarity was provided for the focus to be arms, and now they've got their second arm in Jack Washburn. He's a guy that's going to compete – for a weekend rotation spot immediately. So I think that's the two big ticket items from last week. Anything else before we move on here? I don't know. I don't think so. I think, you know, we had a transfer DN from Canada. I didn't really have a chance to look at him. I'll look at him more later, but looks like he's a maybe a potential pass rusher by just judging off his size. So um, maybe, maybe that'll be a, you, you never know. You know, I know telling how good he is, but um, it is nice to add a, add a guy's potential outside linebacker. Well, that is your homework assignment, Bradley Sal for Thursday. You have to do a scouting and evaluation of this transfer defensive lineman that Ole Miss has added from Canada. Is it Canada? I think somewhere in Canada, but I mean, uh, I, we have to see what kind of films out on them or if anybody has any film on them so we can watch it. All right. Well, there you go. So Bradley Sal is going to go deep dive into that and find out what this kid's all about. We'll be joined on Thursday by C.J. Johnson, former Ole Miss defensive end. Good friend of the program. He's on here many, many times every single year. So C.J.'s coming back. He's actually now in Florida. He'll tell you all about that. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review, talk of champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. This podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions, Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher, Wherever you get your podcast, just simply search Talk of Champions, and we're there. All right, for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and a food of 247 Sports. Some news came down on Monday. John Haynes is transferring. He started for Ole Miss in the defensive backfield for a number of games, not only last year, but the year before. But I guess in this secondary, this revamped secondary, a lot of new talent coming in. We could go through all the numbers and all the different guys that they've added, and also moving Keydron Smith from cornerback to safety. It looked like there was a number squeeze there for John Haynes. I don't really think it's much of a loss, to be honest with you. That's no knocking the kid. I just don't think that there was really any true route for him to get significant playing time anymore. But when you heard the news about John Haynes no longer being a part of the program, entering the transfer portal, what'd you think? Well, I just, I kind of thought the same thing you just said. I thought, man, I mean, he, you know, if you look at what's in front of him, you have two potential NFL players in front of you with um, Jacob Springer and um, Otis Reese. And then they move Keydron Smith to safety as well. So it's kind of one of those things where I, if I had to guess, his playing time was probably going to be limited. And, and for a guy like that, you know, you, you just – you may see it and they want to go try to get a chance to get in there and, and play somewhere else. I um, think he's not not a bad player um, whatsoever. I think there's guys in front of him that are better. And you go out, try to go somewhere else, get an opportunity and see if you can make it to the next level of, of some sort by, by getting film out there because it's certainly hard to do from the sidelines. Well, this is a part of the new reality of college football that it's August 2nd, 3rd, and a kid is transferring out. He's probably going to land at a spot in a week and then go into fall camp with that other school when he was preparing to go to fall camp later this week. That's just the new reality that we're in with college football. It just never ends, does the roster reshuffling, until you kick off for that season opener in September against Louisville. And Louisville, I think, was picked 
second to last in his conference. So Ole Miss is going to be opening with Louisville, and it looks on paper as a marquee matchup, but Ole Miss should win that game. And I don't think John Haynes was all going to have any kind of effect or impact on that game. Because, again, the numbers in the defensive secondary have improved, and the talent has overall improved. If you look at it, MJ Daniels was signed, Kedron Smith was moved, A.J. Finley's back, Otis Reese is back for every single game this year, actually. Trey Washington was signed. Tysheem Johnson, Marquise Brown is a cornerback, but he's got versatility to him. Jalen Jones, same thing. Kendrick Breedlove, Jake Springer. There's just a lot of guys that are ahead of him and allowed him to get lost in the shuffle. So it goes back to what you were saying. When the news came down, you see the name John Haynes, you think, oh, wow, that's a big loss for those that maybe haven't paid attention to Ole Miss football that much. But for a guy who started on a defense that was terrible, I think they were ready to move past him. And I think last year, actually, he started out not in the doghouse. That's not the right way to put it. He started out just not in a great place with the staff. I don't think they liked him all that much. And I'm not trying to knock him. Really, I'm not. I just don't think he fit what they were trying to do all that much. But considering what they lacked talent-wise in the back end of the secondary, especially with Otis Reese on the sidelines, dealing with the NCAA limbo stuff, that's why he started games. He was among the very best that they had once you looked at what you actually have. Did he fit perfectly with what they do? No. Uh, but they didn't really have numbers like they do now. So it's not a big loss for Ole Miss, but it is the reality of college football that roster reshuffling constantly happens. But assuming that John Haynes is the last loss from Ole Miss's roster, when you look ahead to fall camp opening, I think on Thursday, I think on Thursday, when you look ahead to that, what are the big storylines for you? What are you looking out for in fall camp immediately? The first things. I think the first things are going to be, first off, who's healthy? Um, cause, cause that's going to be really important. Um, college camps are, are pretty short compared to NFL camps. So, Hey, who's healthy? Cause, cause it means something in college because the games are, are a lot closer to, to actual game day than, than, than an NFL camp. So who, who's coming out healthy? Um, secondly, well, what's the defense look like? Do they carry over the momentum from the Springs? I know, I know in the spring they look much improved. They're flying around secondary was making some plays here and there. And, um, I also want to see what the D line's going to look like. Hey man, are these Juco guys, when it's live bullets and it's hot in camp, are they going to look like they did in the spring? Um, you know, or, or, or any of any of the, yeah, kind of what's the D line going to look like? That that's that's one of one of my biggest things. And then, then I want to see um, wide receiver wise, what um, you know, who's going to kind of be the go to target? And you know, I went back and looked at some some highlights from last year, just kind of watching Matt Crowd closely, just just trying to really look into it. And just you know, because a lot of times you watch the game, you don't really get a chance to sit down and look at what he did. And man, he had a really special year and um, he really down the stretch, somebody that kind of popped out that, that I think that we talked about, but it, but didn't realize how much he popped out was Braylon Sanders. I mean, he really, he made some big plays late in the year um, in multiple games in a row, some, some big downfield down the field plays. So I look for him to be a, um, you know, a big target for us this year. Um, and yeah, just really, really that those are my two things, wide receiver and D line and um, you know, the, the defense in, in general. Going to get right back to Bradley Sal in this edition of Talk of Champions with David Johnson coming up for a recruit check on the Modern Woodman phone line after I tell you briefly about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, another proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Finally, at long last, Oxford is getting back to normal. The sun is shining. Those dreary winter months, they're behind us. Better yet, you actually get to experience Ole Miss Athletics events in person. What a world. What better way to get there than in a new car, truck, or Jeep? The only place to go for your next vehicle is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. They'll take care of you. And I know because I've bought a car there myself. And the experience was too easy. Seamless even. Their only goal is to get you in the vehicle you've always wanted at a good price. So reach out today. Don't wait. 
give them a call 662-234-8000 that's 662-234-8000 or stop by and see them in person at 2201 east university avenue that's 2201 east university avenue just past kroger alan samuels christ of not sheep ram of oxford let's be friends We'd promised after you got a lot of good responses from breaking down the new commitments for Ole Miss football, scouting reports, comps, and all that stuff that we maybe would do a position-by-position breakdown. And I figure with camp starting on Thursday and not really knowing what the media availability is going to be because of all the COVID stuff is spiking again and we haven't been told anything about a media day or if we're going to be able to see stuff in person or not. We just haven't been told anything. I think a lot of this stuff's going to be on Zoom for a while again. So assuming that that happens and assuming that we're going to have to create some content and go by what we hear and the people we talk to and what they say, I figured that on Thursday, because CJ's coming on, he's a former defensive lineman slash linebacker at Ole Miss, lets you break down the defensive line. We're already talking about the Canada transfer, so why not break down the whole defensive line? Because you're right. That's one of the biggest storylines of fall camp, how it all comes together. Because we could talk about the numbers that have been improved on the back end, but the defensive line and generating pressure, that plays a big role in the effectiveness or lack thereof of the back end in the secondary. And all of that stuff works together. It's simplistic and everybody knows this stuff is true. If you don't get pressure, if you can't cause disruption, and the secondary has to cover for longer and longer and longer, well, you're not going to get great results. And almost hasn't gotten great results for a couple of years now. So, yeah, the defensive line has to be better. And it's not just the JUCO guys, but it's also like T. Tisdale and Damon Clowney, players of that effect, whether or not they've taken a step and can provide some type of pass rush as well. So I want to see how they can generate pass rush, how they can actually get to the quarterback. Because almost offensively, we know what they are. Yeah, almost doesn't have Kenny Eboa tied in, doesn't have Elijah Moore anymore, but we know who they are. We know what they've got. And I feel like Ole Miss, wide receiver-wise, you're not going to just replace Elijah Moore with one body. It's going to be multiple guys compensating for the loss of Elijah Moore and the numbers and the production that was lost with Elijah Moore. So I'm not really worried about the wide receivers. I'm not really worried about the offensive line, even though Royce Newman was such a big part of the offensive line, such a critical piece for the offensive line. I'm not really worried about tight end either because Lane Kiffin just adjusts to what he has. So schematically, Ole Miss might be a little bit different because the personnel will be a little bit different, but really we know what they're going to look like. Defensively, that feels like the whole storyline of fall camp, what they look like. We have no clue what they're going to look like, but we know this. If they don't improve, Ole Miss doesn't really improve. Yes, Ole Miss goes as Matt Corral goes, but defensively, they have to be significantly better. And What does that look like? We've talked about this. It doesn't have to be top 50. Just be top 80. Because last year, you were in the 120s, and you still won five games in a 10-game All-SEC schedule. So just don't be that bad. Don't be among the worst in the country. Just be better, significantly better, but that can be in the 80s. Yeah, I, I think the defense is the difference between a six and seven win team and a nine and ten win team, and that's that's just being completely honest. I think if the, if the defense doesn't improve, then then we have we have deeper issues than the personnel. And um, you know, I think you're right. You're right about like last year. You're going to be in every game and can't stop a soul, and it's going to be a lot of disappointing losses. But man, if our defense improves and that offense stays where it was, I'm telling you, this could be a fun year. I, I see us being. I see us taking care of business really, really heavily on a lot of teams, and I see us being right in there with, with the big dogs if we have a good defense. So it's funny. I went to a wedding this weekend. It was for my first cousin. He got married. And 
it was so hot outside. The reception was just miserable. So I stayed inside for the most part because, duh. Well, that meant that I was leaving myself open to any and everyone that wanted to talk about Ole Miss and Mississippi State. I had a really nice friend of the family who's a big Mississippi State guy. I just want to talk about Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach, all this stuff. But it was really funny. My cousin's 10 years younger than me. He's like a little brother to me. And one of his best friends, he's a big old Miss fan. He listens to his podcast all the time. And his soon-to-be wife, I think they're getting married next month, comes up and says, yeah, he always listens to When we're riding down the road, he's always listening to y'all. This guy, I don't want to bust him out or anything, but it really made me laugh. He goes, Ben, I can kind of tell when you're doing the podcast that you're just, you're getting through it a little bit. You know, you're playing a little bit of a role. You're just trying to ping pong it and give it to Brad and let him say what he's got to say. And he asked me, he was like, is Brad always really excited? Is he really like that? Because I can tell sometimes that that's not exactly how you're feeling because I know you pretty well. Is Brad always that hyped about almost? Is that a real thing or is he just putting on him? No, no. Brad's really that hyped about Ole Miss. Last year, going into the year, you called it. While a lot of us, me included, were saying, hey, back off, pump the brakes, temper expectations for what they could look like under Lane Kiffin in year one. You were saying, hey, man, they can compete in every single game they play. And sure enough, even with those bad interception games for Matt Corral, sure enough, that's what happened. So I love that. I love it that you point out that they can win nine or ten games with the defense being better and someone might say, oh, God, he's a homer. No, no. It comes from a place of enthusiasm, but you're right. Because the numbers bear it out. So for those of us that are cynical, that sometimes do put on a little bit, me, I think you're onto something. I really do, because I think defensively, that's the whole story. Matt Crowell's going to be good. Wide receiver's going to be good. Jerry Ely, I think, is going to take a step, a bigger step than anybody else outside of Matt Crowell on the offense. But defensively, what are you? What is your identity? And I think the identity starts to get formed in fall camp. Is that right? Because you've been a part of a lot of fall camps before. Does identity, be it offensively or defensively, start to get established? Do you start to see that come together in these next three, four weeks? Yeah, I think so. And I, and I think in, um, in, in talk, the reason why I get excited, especially, especially for this year, is you know talking to some of the coaches and hanging around them. Um, I see the excitement on their face when, when, whenever you talk about the team and talk about some of the guys that they have. And, um, I, I think they feel like they're, they're underrated. I think they feel like they, this could be a special year. So, um, m- more so than the fans. So uh, they know the expectations are there and talking to some of them, they, they think, they think they have a special squad. Um, I know they would never pump that out there, but, um, but, but they, they, they definitely expect to compete this year. So that's why I get excited for one thing. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think in camp, you, you really, you really, for, for one thing, this is, a, this is a good time to harden yourself. Those first couple of weeks, man, it's going to be tough. Your legs are going to be hurting, but, um, you go out there and you, you kind of create a brotherhood and the defense, the defense in general, this is definitely where they need to find their identity. I think they started really well in the spring, moving guys around, you know, kind of getting after the, getting after the quarterback with different blitzes and, and, you know, just running some different stuff. But yeah, here in the fall, man, guys are going to step up. They're going to find their roles. And, and what makes a team great is when every, when there's no, nobody cares about the credit, nobody, everybody checks their ego at the door, whatever role you're given, you go out there and you take it and you do it a hundred miles an hour and you do it your best. And that's it. That that's when that's when teams start turning the corner, start becoming good teams. You don't have anybody that's salty about not playing. If you're not playing, you don't like your situation, then you better your situation. But um, yeah, that this is when they this is when they can really form a bond and, and everybody find that role. And whatever your role is, you go out there and um, you do it to the best of your ability. You've been there, done that with fall camp, and I know Ole Miss fans are going to be fired up. Football to them is returning, but as a player that's been through it and knowing what these players are going through right now. I know they're excited to start, but then at some point, 
the monotony will set in and you're just ready to play a game. But what is fall camp like? Is it really, is there anything particularly sexy about fall camp? Anything that Ole Miss fans should be generally looking for and thinking, man, that's the thing I need to focus on? Or is fall camp just kind of what it is and that's just practices and we kind of overhype it a little bit? Yeah, well, well, I thought I thought college camp was was hard until I got to the NFL, and, and NFL camp is no joke, like six straight weeks, and it is um, it is mentally one of the craziest things I've ever been through. When you come out of out of a NFL camp, you literally feel like you just came from a caveman. I mean, it, it's so hard to get back on track in life. Um, I mean, you, you literally go from seven a.m. to ten p.m. every single day for like six straight weeks, maybe and even more than that, more so than that. Cause really you start at the end of July and you don't play your first game till September. So, um, yeah, it, NFL is NFL is much more brutal than college, but, um, but college is tough. I mean, they, they, they run a lot more, they do a lot more conditioning than college. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's that they're, they're both, they both have their challenges, but it is a, um, yeah, I mean, it, it gets, it gets crazy, but, but you, you got to enjoy that. You got to embrace it. Every guy's going through it. Um, you know, every guy's legs start giving out, but but that's kind of what builds you and gets you ready for the season. And um, they always break you down to pick you back up about the week before before the game. So, um, yeah, it's it's a necessary evil. Um, not nothing nothing too special about it, but but it's just that time where where you have to give it to yourself and you have to get yourself ready no matter how hard it is. Let me ask you this: as a player, when you look around in fall camp, the first day, second day, maybe a week into it. Do you kind of know what kind of squad you got? And I ask that because you're on some good teams and some really bad teams. So the good teams, did you look around and go, damn, we're pretty good. And those really rough teams look around and go, oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. So so, so the good teams, um, you don't have that we call locker room lawyers. Um, you have a lot of guys that are holding guys accountable. And you can tell fake um, fake dudes that, that – are just out there rah rah and guys that are actually out there working to get better. Um, and you can tell, you can tell by the dedication on the team too. I mean, there, there's guys, you know, you, I mean, everybody in the locker room as a player, you know, what guys are actually doing what they're supposed to be doing. You know, what guys are actually studying their plays. I mean, you can kind of get the sense overall, what kind of team you're going to have. And, um, and, and every team is different, man. It don't matter if it's the same team coming back. Every team is different by the vibe of that year and what they've been through. And, um, you know, it, you can always tell by when times get tough, um, what kind of response you get out of your team. And, um, uh, when, when times are tough, you can, um, you know, if you got a team that's battling, man, you know, they're going to be special. And then you can always tell the teams that fold up. If I told you three guys you could have, they're going to have a great camp. That's going to lead to maybe not necessarily a breakout fall, but an impactful fall. I'm not talking about Matt Corral. I'm talking about guys Ole Miss needs to step up. If I could give you three guys to choose, who are you picking for this fall camp that need to have good camps for Ole Miss to be successful come the fall? Because college football starts later this month. This month, there will be college football. Now, Ole Miss starts on a Monday in September, but college football is coming back. So I'm giving you three guys that you would love to see be good in fall camp that lead to impactful falls. Who are they? I'm going to say number one, um, I would say Jonathan Mingo. He's, um, and, and you, you, I, I'm literally doing this on the hoof, so I may miss a guy, but I think a guy like Mingo, who I kind of watched throughout the year, he's, he did some special things and, and he's a very athletic guy. Um, I think Brethren Center is going to be a good target, but I think a guy like Mingo could really be like a, like a special player that really hasn't blossomed yet. And we've all been kind of waiting on a guy, a breakout guy in, in the wide receiver room would be really cool. And, and not, not one of the main breakout guys. I'm talking about like a, like a Mingo or maybe like a, um, maybe the Jaden, what's the, what's the name? Jade, some guy, Jaden, um, the Jones or 
Jane Jackson. Jane, Jane Jackson, sorry, yeah. A guy like that breaking out and being like a really good target for us. I, I think you go on the O-line um, next. I think you go with the um, the new center. I think I think he's really important. I think him stepping in and being the starter and being able to, to get the snap to Matt and being able to, to, to communicate to the O-line is really going to be huge by keeping Ben at guard. So I think it's going to free up our line to be much better. And if I think of a third guy, I would put um, one of the D linemen. I would say probably the um, Isaiah Iton. I'd like to see him um, be as advertised and be a kind of a dominant force on the D line. Um, I, th- I just think you need some one guy to step up and be that reliable guy that can get pressure and get stops. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head. And PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. See, DeMond Clowney would be one of my guys. Have a really good fall camp. Have an emergence where you break out and you become a just a regular pass-rushing threat. You don't have to be an every-down guy, but can you get to the quarterback consistently? But, yeah, definitely one of the ones that popped in my mind immediately when I came up with that question. Again, we don't prepare when we sit down and record talking champions. I just throw shit at Brad and just let it roll. But uh, one of the guys that came to mind immediately was Orlando Umana, that transfer that's going to play center. Because obviously Ben Brown moving to guard, he was the starting center last year. Can he be a stabilizing force? Orlando Umana, can he be a stabilizing force in the middle? And obviously center is a big, important piece to any kind of offense in college football, football in general. But still, you're breaking in a guy over the course of four weeks that you're hoping is going to be your center. And yet you could say, well, maybe Carter Colquitt steps up and becomes that guy. Caleb Warren steps up. Any number of guys can slide over and be center if he doesn't work out. But they didn't recruit and land this kid and pick him out of the portal to sit. Yes, they added him for depth, but they brought him in like a junior college transfer, Jamon Gordon, Isaiah Aiton on the defensive line. They're bringing him in to play. When you're a JUCO, when you're a transfer, you're not getting added to sit. You're getting added to impact winning. And if you can't, you're not going to be here long. Yeah. Well, well, one thing, Ben, that that does not get discussed, and I think about it from a player standpoint, um, if you think about this past season, okay, uh, one of the hardest things about football is the is the environment and the crowd noise, and Ole Miss and, and really nobody this year, this NFL, college, nobody really dealt with that because of COVID. 
And that's a huge part of the game. I mean, that when I was in Seattle, we, we won multiple games because the crowd was so loud. So having that center in there that can communicate with the quarterback, communicate with the line is a big deal, much, much more so than last year. And I'll, I'll be interested to see how Corral and some of these guys look this year when they're in hostile environments and, and the crowd's so loud when you can't hear. So that, that's one thing that, that guys didn't have to deal with, especially some of those freshmen that kind of came in this year. Man, they, they don't realize what, what kind of environments are going to be this year. It's going to be a much different ball game. And, and just from a player standpoint, I know talking, talking to guys around the league that played this year, they were talking about how awesome it was on the away games for a tackle to be able to actually look at your guy and block him rather than having to look at the center, get off the ball, the guy coming down your neck. I mean, that's, that's a big difference in, in, in play. So, um, that's one thing that goes underrated, but I'll be interested to see how that plays and, and affects affects the kids this year, um, more so the freshmen and the younger guys who haven't really experienced that environment. Are you at all interested in seeing how Matt Corral handles expectations? Because you saw Jevin going into his second year, God rest his soul, going into his second year starting at quarterback. Todd McShay going into that year had him as a first-round quarterback. I think after the year was over, when he was so good, his first year, I think it was a redshirt sophomore year. I don't want to get my – Years confused, but anyway, I think it was redshirt sophomore year. He really has a great finish to the year. And after that year was over, Todd McShay put him number one as far as his quarterbacks projecting for the draft next year. Now, Jevin did not have a good year after that. It was good enough, but it wasn't what he expected or wanted it to be. So managing expectations, not everybody can do it. Are you interested in how he's able to manage expectations? Is that even a thing? Or is that more of a media-generated narrative that we talk about before football even starts? Yeah, I think that's certainly something to look at. I mean, that's one thing I have thought is, hey, you know, how's this kid going to do this year when he's been kind of the man the whole year? This last year he came in, and, and he, he honestly, if Matt Crow would have transferred before the season, nobody would even bat an eye at it. And that, that's the honest truth. Well, he comes out and does what he does, and, and now he's a household name, and, and how's he going to handle a full year? With that, well, one thing Matt Corral has that all the other guys you mentioned didn't have, and it is is the the coach, coaching staff and the offensive scheme. This guy's in a legit scheme, and these coaches are really, really, really smart coaches. Now, I think he has a real advantage here, and I think he's still going to put up great numbers and play well this year. I think he's going to really have a good year, and I think he's going to live up to the expectation due to the fact that he's got a legit staff and he's got a really good support staff um, going to hold him up. So uh, you get worried about it at times, but um, I, I think he's going to do fine. I, I don't worry about it. I think these coaches will, will keep him under wraps and and put him in the best possible situation to win, much more so than Jevin and, and probably much more so than Eli and, and some of those other guys just because this offense is, is a really legit offense. And, um, you know, it's it's kind of kind of one of those things. It's they just Stats are just going to be there, man. The scheme is just that good. It's crazy to think the football's coming. I mean, fall camp is almost here. We're back at it again. Yeah, it's gonna be a um, gonna be a fun year. I'm excited. I'll be in Atlanta for that for that first game. Um, yeah, I think I think that um, it'll be cool to see what we roll out there and and how we do it. Um, I know I know the coaches are excited. I know um, you know that they feel like they have a lot of really good pieces. I know they're excited to get out there on the field and then put them in different places and um, and create a, create an offense that that it, I think is going to be even uh, even more different than last year. And we have committed to a post-game pod, right? Uh, I, we should do it as we're walking, as I'm walking out of the stadium or as, um, <laughs> as soon as that clock hits zero so we can get some real raw emotion in there. Yeah, but you got to make sure you don't say too many bad words, okay? Because if they lose, I know you, you're going to be hot. And a hot mic is dangerous for you after a game when you're hot. 
Well, I, I don't know that I would say bad words. I would just be extremely real, um, which is which is kind of my thing with um, yeah, I could pretty, you could pretty much point to about five snaps in the game that kind of kind of you know dictates the whole outcome of the game. So they'll be pretty easily um, easily found. All right, well, you got homework for Thursday. CJ Johnson's coming up on Thursday. Good friend of the pod, former Ole Miss defensive lineman, linebacker, now in Florida. He'll tell you all about that. But you got some homework for Thursday. You got to break down the defensive line for Ole Miss. Are you ready to do that? We'll see. I'll, right. I'll, I'll look. I'll look it over. I, I think. I think it's better to, to give them a clean slate and, and see them live first. But I can look and see what, what we have, and um, you know, kind of what what I think on um, on moving forward. Who's going to be? Who's going to actually make an impact? How about this? How about I give you three guys, maybe that we haven't seen yet. That'll be better Perfect. than a full group, right? Yeah, perfect. Let's yeah, do that. Let's do that. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vets. We got to get to David Johnson on the Modern Women phone line for a recruit check because I was gone for a week. You all know that by now. And Arch Manning visited. So we talked about it at the beginning of the show, but really let's deep dive into it with David. He works with me at the Ole Miss Spirit, OleMissSpirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports, as well as a number of other recruiting topics because Ole Miss had a lot of prospects in town while I was gone. But before we get to David, got to say bye to Brad. See you, buddy. See you, Ben. Howdy, toddy. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review, talk of champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. This podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, to fit 247 Sports. Going now to the Modern Woman phone line to speak to David Johnson of the Ole Miss Spirit, my co-worker at the Ole Miss Spirit, at Rebels247 on Twitter. Before we do, let's hear from B&A Bank and Chinese Pharmacy, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Oxford, Mississippi is always at its best in the spring and summer. The sun is shining, the square is popping, and you actually now get to go back to Ole Miss Athletics events in person. What could be better? But the only way to truly enjoy everything that Oxford and Ole Miss has to offer is to make sure you're still taking care of yourself, keeping yourself safe, and that you have a pharmacy you know you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221 or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at chaneyspharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Chaney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Check it. Check it. Recruit check. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter going now to the Modern Women phone line for a recruit check. 
with David Johnson, my coworker at the Ole Miss Spirit, OleMissSpirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. He's at Rebels247 on Twitter. I almost always forget that, David. I'm sorry. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I am great, man. Excited football season has arrived. Uh, the Rebels about to uh, break into fall camp, and uh, there's nothing like it in the world. Uh, everybody's optimistic right now. Everybody's O and O. We'll see what happens. Um, that's why we're fans. What kind of availability are we going to get? Don't know yet. You know that's uh, that's interesting. And of course, everything is fluid with. Uh, Apparently, what is a, a another surge of COVID cases across the country, and uh, you know we'll just see. But you know the thing I would remind people is college football went forward last year, and where we're at right now with this pandemic is nowhere near where we were last year. So uh, I think you can put away any fear that the season's going to be canceled or anything like that. Um, that's not going to happen. We're going to play football and. Uh, it's going to be a lot more normal this year than what it was last year. Well, I was gone for a week. Did you miss me? No, I did not. But that's okay. <laughs> I still like you. Uh, I told you about this already. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. And the fans have already listened to me tell this story at the start of the show. But I went swimming two hours into my vacation. I was truly unplugged. And, of course, it was the week that Arch Manning visited. And there was a bunch of other recruiting stuff that happened. So, naturally, the first thing I said, was, I went, okay. When I get back, when I do my first talk of champions, I'm going to get David on and basically let you tell me and tell Ole Miss fans what went on last week. I have no clue. So where does it start, in your opinion? Yeah, it all starts uh, with the Arch Manning visit last Tuesday. Um, You know, what exactly does that mean? You know, I'm going to tell you, Ben, I think it's a long shot that he comes to Ole Miss. And um, this is a view from 10,000 feet because Arch Manning's not talking to anybody. Um, and, um, when Cooper talks to anybody, it's very calculated what he says. So, um, you know, but, but I just don't get the warm and fuzzies about, uh, the prospects of Arch Manning coming to Ole Miss. Um, you know, I, I honestly think last week was, was more of a courtesy visit, but, uh, I do think they, you know, started warming the relationship a little bit. Um, and again, I know nothing. Okay. I know nothing. I'm just telling you what what my gut is telling me right now is that uh, Ole Miss still has a lot of ground to make up if they're going to pull this Arch Manning thing off. So who all is involved with Arch realistically? We know everybody's after him, but who's all realistically involved here? Yeah, well, well, you know, I love the kid's uh, personality. Yeah, I don't know if you saw on social media last week where he announced he was going to commit to Mississippi State as a joke. so you got to love that. Uh, but, um, you know, I think Texas is a major player. <clears throat> so I, I've seen some people say, well, with Texas coming in the SEC now, he's not going to go to Texas. That's not true. He doesn't care that Texas is in the SEC. I think, if anything, that makes Texas even more attractive to him. Um, <clears throat> I think Alabama is in the mix, of course, and then Clemson. I think uh, those are the schools I would really – put a heavy eye on moving ahead along with Ole Miss. You can never rule Ole Miss out. I'm just saying right now, I think if he had to commit today, I don't think it would be Ole Miss. Um, you know, but again, I'm, I'm just speaking from the gut here. I know nothing on that recruitment. Okay. So what are the next steps, even though you've admitted 
you don't know anything about the recruitment. What are the next steps in that recruitment? What should we be looking for? Or what should Ole Miss fans be looking for? Because I don't really care all that much. What should Ole Miss fans be looking for as the Arch Manning recruitment moves forward? Yeah, I think you have to uh, keep an eye on where he goes this fall. You know, those Saturday ball game visits, those unofficial visits to uh, his potential next schools. I mean, does he go to Austin two or three times? Does he go to Clemson two or three times? Does he make it to Ole Miss for a game? Uh, I mean, I think those are the things. You follow the visits. And, um, you know, I, I would think, I would hope he would be back up here in the fall. Uh, but, again, you know, you, there's this thing that you have to put into the, this equation between Arch Manning and Ole Miss, and that's the fact, you know, he's been to a whole lot of games up here. He knows what this place is all about. Um whereas he may not know what Clemson's all about or Texas is all about. So maybe that kind of persuades him to want to go to Austin, want to go to Clemson, check out the environments versus coming to a place where he's been coming since he was a baby. If that makes any sense. Makes sense to me. A lot of schools are starting this week. Fall camp is starting this week. So that means that it's a dead period. But also Mm -hmm. a lot of people like me, were taking their last vacations last week. So they missed a lot of things, probably, not just the Arch Manning recruitment. What is the other big-ticket item? Well, you know, you'd have to go to Lane Kiffin's uh, first annual. I don't know if first annual is ever a thing. Can it be an annual if it's the first time you've ever done it? I don't know. I don't know how that works. First annual. I, mean, I try not to ever use that phrase because uh, how do you know it's annual if it's the first one? Yeah, I don't know. But it was, it was Lane Kiffin's first annual – Barbecue slash picnic, whatever you want to call it. Um, Do they actually barbecue or picnic at these things? Yeah, yeah. There was a barbecue trailer pulled up outside the Manning Center, and uh, they were cooking. Yeah, they brought somebody in. Uh, They did not uh, share it with us, but uh, that's okay. I'm shocked. Um, You know, yeah, yeah, well, you know, it is how it is. So, um, you know, a two-day recruiting event right here at the very end of uh, the – the summertime period. And, um, you know, they brought in some, some big names, some guys who are already committed, uh, like Taylor Groves and Jeremiah Dillon. Uh, you know, they brought in quarterbacks, um, KJ Jackson, uh, Jaden Rashada uh, from California, four-star that uh, came in with his dad for the weekend, 2023 quarterback too. So, uh, you know, that might tell you a little bit about Arch Manning, and uh, in that, um, you know, they're they're not only recruiting Arch Manning as a 2023 quarterback, they're re- recruiting some other guys as well. Uh, obviously, you know, I don't want to say it's a safety net, but, you know, you still got to be in the game with somebody if Manning goes somewhere else because they definitely want to take a quarterback in that class. But, uh, you know, to me, the biggest story that came out of the weekend, and it's kind of been building a couple of weeks, is uh, four-star offensive lineman Bryson Hurst out of Gautier, Mississippi. Um, you know, if you go back in the spring, I would probably have agreed with most everybody that Hurst was going to Mississippi State. But I'm going to tell you, since Jake Thornton got to campus as the Ole Miss offensive line coach, those dynamics have flip-flopped. Um, you know, I talked to Bryson a good bit, and, uh, you know, I can tell you now, and I try to get what's going on in his head about Mississippi State. He really doesn't want to talk about Mississippi State. He's very short about Mississippi State. And I don't think it's just because I'm an Ole Miss beat writer. Uh, 
But when he talks about Ole Miss, he has started talking glowingly about Ole Miss. And, uh, you know, this is a kid that's going to be – I think he's coming here. I think he's going to commit here. He's going to be a huge get for Ole Miss inside the state of Mississippi that, uh, again, a few months ago, I'd have told you this guy was going to Mississippi State. But they have flipped him. So Bryson comes up here on Friday with his mom. Uh, and he actually visited State and Ole Miss on Friday. They went to State first, got there around noon, left at 2 o'clock. Didn't stay there very long. Came to Oxford, stayed four or five hours. And, um, you know, he, he was like, I just wanted my mom to feel what I feel when I'm in Oxford. And moms are key. Mothers are big in recruitment, let yes, me tell you. Yes, they are. And she felt the same thing. Family, family, family is what Bryson Hurst preaches. And uh, I think he's going to be a get. He's certainly a take. He's almost a franchise-type offensive lineman. I think he can build a future O-line around a guy like that. And, um, you know, so to me, that's the biggest story that come out of the weekend, that. And then you you solidify guys like Jeremiah Dillon, guys like Taylor Groves. Uh, you know, they're they're ready to be here. So, uh, you know, that's uh, that's kind of my take out of that. Bryson Hurst, though, I think that's the biggest story. I think Ole Miss is on the verge of getting him. He's going to publicly narrow his list down on August 25th. And uh, from there – it's just going to be, hey, whenever I feel like it, I'm going to pull the trigger. I think he stays in the state of Mississippi. I think Ole Miss has a leg up on Mississippi State right now. No, that's a big deal. And um, I think Jake Thornton, he's already making an impact recruiting-wise. We don't know what he's going to be like as an offensive line coach because he's pretty new, pretty green. But it seems like recruiting-wise, he's doing his job. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, you look at uh, you know, him being able to go down in Florida, get Preston Cushman to commit, and I think Cushman – is an underrated player. Again, I'll say this. When COVID struck in 2020, none of the 247 sports rankers, for lack of a better term, saw any of these kids at camps. There was no camp season last year. So we are still behind as an organization in rectifying some rankings uh, that uh, will get rectified as we move on towards a new high school season. And a new film gets out there on some of these guys. But I think Preston Cushman down in Florida is a steal for Ole Miss. I think he's a potential four-star once things kind of get straightened out this fall. I'm not comparing Preston and that, Cushman. And that should be that oh, should ahead. be attributed to Jake Thornton, Ben. Yeah. Well, I'm not comparing Preston Cushman in any way to this player, but it's a good example of this. Chris Jones ended up at State and Ole Miss pursued and almost got on the eve of National Signing Day way back when. Um, he was a two, three-star prospect for the longest. And then once talent evaluators for sites like 247 actually got their eyes on him, he exploded and his recruitment just went off and he became a five-star. You didn't have any of that last year. So effectively, the original evaluation is what the evaluation was. So there's a lot of players that maybe were undervalued and you're saying Preston Cushman could be one of those type of guys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, because... You know, to be honest with you, as far as film goes, for a lot of these guys, they didn't even get to play last fall. So you're talking about a jump in film that's about to happen from their 10th grade year to their 12th grade year. And uh, kids grow between the ages of 15 and 17. They get better at their craft. And I think you're going to see really a, a major realignment in, in the star rankings for 24-7 sports as this high school football season gets three, four weeks in. 
Well, outside of eating barbecue and picnicking, what else goes into this kind of thing, this kind of event? Because you hear about them everywhere across college campuses mm-hmm. and college football recruiting. What happens at these things? Yeah, this is a laid back situation. You know, you got to understand on these camp visits, it's not enjoyable for the players. Okay. It is a meat market. I mean, you know, you, you've got to come in that day and perform. You, you've got to shine out there while you're camping. So the atmosphere is anything but laid back. It's very intense and, you know, uh, can be very exhilarating. If you come in and shine and get the offer it can also be very disappointing if you do not perform well and uh, you don't get an offer from that particular school. So it's an intense environment. You're not concerned about hopping on a golf cart and going over there and looking at the Lyceum and the Grove and taking an academic tour, man. It's combat when it's a camp scene. This past weekend at the picnic, it's laid back, okay? I mean, you're there. Look, I'm just going to be brutally honest. As a recruit, you're there because they have identified you as a major, major want. There were less than 30 kids that rolled through there this weekend. These are the guys that they want would take a commitment from right now. Um, you know, you're there to, you know, get your shoes shine, get your butt kissed, if you will. Uh, it's a laid back deal. They're going to pump you up. They're going to love on you. They're going to talk to you about football and life. They're going to talk to your mom uh, and your dad. They got to win the parents over. I mean, this is all about having a good time at your potential football home on a weekend like this. And they're going to feed you well. Still got to pay for it, though. Uh, you know, probably like eight bucks a plate or something like that, but they have to charge you per NCAA rules. But, uh, you know, laid back weekend, and they're going to put you on the golf cart. They're going to take you over. They're going to show you the trees in the grove, and you're going to get a, you know, kind of a lip service academic tour, and parents are going to be made aware of the FedEx, uh, you know, student athlete academic center, and how much support is going to be there for their young man. Uh, You know, all this kind of stuff. The trophies are going to be out, you know. Here's the Egg Bowl trophy. Here's the Sugar Bowl trophy. Here's the Cotton Bowl trophy. You know, it's all about um, all about having a good time in a relaxed environment in a place that usually you don't have that opportunity to be relaxed. We'll get right back to David Johnson for a recruit check in this edition of Talk of Champions after I tell you briefly about Modern Woodman, the title sponsor of Talk of Champions. Are you looking for a career change? Maybe COVID threw you for a loop. Maybe it's time that you did something else. Maybe you're just tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else. Well, our phone line sponsor, Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, is looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary. You do have to be a resident of Mississippi, but what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. Don't wait around anymore. It's time to make a change. So for more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas Chandler today directly through Facebook or his number at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Make the change. Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, the title sponsor of Talk of Champions. Any other visitors of note that showed up? Any surprises that showed up? I don't know about surprises, uh, but they were all of note. I mean, again, this was uh, not a wide-open affair like a camp scene is where, uh, 
you know, you may see uh, Pontotoc High School pull up with a busload of players, 15 guys get off the bus to count, and uh, Ole Miss is not recruiting a single one of them. Nothing against Pontotoc. I'm just using them. Poor uh, Pontotoc. Man, what a drive by by David there. Dang. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, well, we could have easily said uh, said New Albany, but yes, uh, my yes, boy Cody Stubblefield, I guess he's still the head coach over there, right? Yeah, he is. Yep. Good, good, good. Love Cody. He's a, he's a good fit for that that program over there. Um, but um, you know, that's kind of the difference, Ben. I mean, it's uh, you know, you when you show up for a camp, you're you're showing up for war. It's all on the line. When you show up for a picnic, it is what it sounds like. Okay, plus, so- plus, they had the women's football forum going on out there Saturday, which oh, kind of turned everything into a little madhouse. But, uh, yeah, yeah, an annual event that, uh, well, it's going on what, like it's 12th year now? Long time. Yeah, it's annual. It's annual, right? Yeah, it's annual. That is an annual event. Yeah, yes. there you go. All right, so outside of Bryson Hurst, anybody else give the woman fuzzies for Ole Miss? Yeah, they all did. You know, everybody says the right things at a place like, you know, an event like that. Um, you know, there's a, you know, you got to, you got to, you got to realize, and I know you do, boy, these recruits, they're getting good with the verbiage. They, they start sounding like a coach, very diplomatic. Um, recruits are a lot smarter with media than what they were five, 10 years ago. You know, they, uh, they go, I mean, look, they sum it up. Look, I'm talking to an old Miss beat writer. I'm standing here at Ole Miss. Look, everybody has a good time, right? Everybody, the visit went great. How many interviews start off just like that? Um, and they're designed to go great, um, you know? So, uh, you know, you, you, you have to pilfer through a lot of that, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, every kid you interview while standing in front of the Manning Center, you could cut the tape off and go, I think that kid's coming to Ole Miss. But he's saying the same thing at Alabama. He's saying the same thing at Mississippi State. Saying the same thing at Arkansas. So, you know, it makes it a little bit more difficult. Uh, they say follow the visits, and that's kind of what you got to do. But in this day and age, you almost got to follow the NIO money opportunity as well. It's going to be uh, – that is going to be interesting in how it affects recruiting moving down the road. I can count on two fingers, maybe just one finger, of a player that we talked to where the visit didn't go well. They always go well. They always go well. Yeah. Yeah. They always show the love. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, you, can't you don't really know. I, I mean, I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. I can't tell you how many show me the love comments I edited. I've edited out of stories over the years. I hate that line. I just don't use it. Yeah. They love me up. They showed me the love. Yeah. Boop, that's gone. Not putting that in the story, but, uh, good for you. Yeah. So, um, take a stand. Well, thank you. I took a stand, yeah. That's not the hill I'm going to die on, but I did take a stand. Good for you. All right, so uh, other players you're keeping an eye on moving forward, maybe the guys that you feel need, Ole Miss fans need to be paying attention to right now. You know, I'm just like the fans. I'm distracted by this Arch Manning kid. That's who I'm watching. I'll be honest with you. I'm skipping a whole class and looking at 2023. Uh, that, that, that recruitment, has so many layers of the onion to unpeel in terms of the impact Arch Manning would make if he chose Ole Miss, what he would do to the brand, what he would do to the city and the town. Ben, I mean, you're talking, 
I know you and I have talked loosely about this before, but an economic impact, well over $100 million. I've talked to a number of different business owners. I'm not going to name names, but they're asking me, hey, what's the latest with Arch? Because they know. They know. They know what he'd mean. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. To the real estate market in Oxford. Think about that. I mean, you know, condos would be in high demand. Ticket sales, gone for the duration of his career. You have to fight to get a ticket to watch Ole Miss play Louisiana Monroe. I mean, <clears throat> that's that's the impact. The the you know the you know commercial impact, the advertising impact, the brand impact is out of this world. It is a it would be one of the top five storylines in college football as long as he was a college football player. Arch Manning at Ole Miss. You know. And it's going to break some hearts if he doesn't come here. But if he does, oh, my goodness. Unbelievable. I'm going to say this, and this is not going out on a limb. Arch Manning is the most important recruit to Ole Miss football since his uncle Eli. Yep. No doubt about it. Yep. That's exactly where I was There's going not yep. anybody, anybody else. I mean. No, it matters that much. It really does as far as – Economical no, it does. impact. It does. On, yeah, yeah, it really does. All right, I wanted to ask you about two more things real quick. All right, so you wrote a story, top Mississippi prospect, Centurion Perkins, is that right? Declares Ole yeah, Miss his yeah. leader Sun- upon leaving. Suntarine. Suntarine, okay, excuse me. Suntarine declares Ole Miss his leader after leading the Manning Center. How big is that? You know, he declared Ole Miss his leader climbing out of the car, decked out in an Ole Miss shirt, Ole Miss hat. Um, blue shorts, red shoes. I mean, he looked like Colonel Rebel getting out of the car there. And, uh, yeah, that is absolutely huge. I mean, man, you want to talk about top, top 23 prospects, this guy. Oh, my goodness. I mean, uh, that is uh, he's just an incredible athlete. And, uh, yeah, big storyline there for sure, no doubt about it. He didn't him all around. 100% Ole Miss ahead of the pack. So they're doing something right there. I like guys like that. Just give me the straightforward, you know? If they lead, cool. If they don't, cool. Just tell me what's up. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just be straight up about it, you know? I'll, look, I love this guy to death. Spent some time with him this summer. Uh, C.J. Hampton. You go back to C.J. Hampton's recruitment, <laughs> yeah. and it all seems so utterly ridiculous now. But, you know, that was one of the most inflamed run-ups to a final decision I've ever, ever covered between Ole Miss and Alabama, if you remember. Mm-hmm. And uh, drama field and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, those those things drive me crazy when they happen. So, yeah, I appreciate a kid who's just like, look, man, this is where I stand. Bryson Hurst is like that. Bryson Hurst could be holding his cards to, to, to the vest right now, but he's not. I mean, look, I don't think there's any doubt about it. He's being a little diplomatic. But I think Ole Miss leads for Bryson Hurst. I will say that. Kalo Moore was the first name that came to my mind as far as ridiculous records. Oh, yeah, that was terrible. Oh, my gosh, man. Are you kidding me? And, you know, I remember the day – that's a great, great thing to bring up. I remember the day Kalo announced. And it had been a war between Ole Miss and Mississippi State, right? Yep. He committed to Ole Miss. And, look, I broke the story when Kalo first committed to Ole Miss. It was day one – of 24-7 sports in the Ole Miss market. And I had some very good sources. 
and I got them to wait until the day we launched for Kalo Moore to commit so we could break that story. So Kalo commits, and then, of course, he decommits and ends up flipping to Mississippi State. Then he decommits from Mississippi State, and there's drama about the finality of it. Is it going to be Ole Miss? Is it going to be Mississippi State? So we, being the Ole Miss media, all load up and drive all the way to Rosedale, Mississippi. I was there. And uh, for his announcement, yeah. And, um, you know, Rosedale, Mississippi, a tough place. uh, There's not a lot of places to eat in Rosedale, Mississippi. Not a lot going uh, on in Rosedale. Anyway, yeah, we're all gathered in the library. Now, I had already been in the back of the school because I was good friends with his athletic director, a guy named Willie Thomas, Willie Earl Thomas. And uh, we had gotten there early and went in the back. I knew Kayla was going to walk out and, and commit to Ole Miss. Uh, but Rosedale wears school uniforms with blue pants and maroon polo shirts. Oh, that's confusing. So when Kalo, yeah, Kalo, if you remember when Kalo walks in the room, he's wearing a maroon shirt. Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody's like, ooh, ooh, what is all this about? But it was just a school uniform. But that's the thing I remember about that. Um, just, uh, yeah, wild, crazy recruitment, you know, Ben, I don't know if it's COVID or not, but we haven't had a lot of that lately of this in-person drama in terms yeah. of recruitment. I can't remember the last one I covered actually. Well, I can actually, I can, it's Cam oh, Akers. Yeah, it's yeah, Cam. Yeah, yeah, we, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah. There, there's the other one that, that stands out. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Don't, um, no. you know, we're, we're, we've talked about this before, but we're all in the room, all be in the media. And, uh, you know, everybody's working sources inside the room. And it's 15 minutes before he announces. And Ben, everybody in the room that would know still thought he was coming to Ole Miss. Yep. And then, you know, mom walks out and she's wearing a garnet dress. Yep. And I'm like, well, that's an odd color for tonight. Oh, but we're about, I, to, be, know, we're okay. about to look really stupid. That's all I could think of. We're about to look really dumb. Well, it, you know, I was I had an eye on her when she walked out, and then Cam Akers walks out, and I'll never forget. He's got a got you know he's a Florida State color tie, gold tie, and I, I think he had garnet pants on. And I'm like, man, either something's fisting to turn our world upside down, and he's going to Florida State, or he's being really really cruel to them. And obviously, we know the rest of the story. Yeah. He went to Florida State, and what killed me? What killed me? Where you guys got to leave? And uh, I had to stay and interview him and write the story because I had committed to writing the story for our Florida State site if he committed to Florida oh, State. Oh, that's where you screwed so, up, buddy. Uh, you, you never, yeah, you never do the uh, sharing stuff with the other sites. I love them. They're my brothers at 247 now or then at Scout, but no, you, you never do that. Because what I did, the minute his mom walked out and then him – I started packing up my stuff, and I was with Chase Palmer. I was like, Chase, just get ready, buddy. The minute he says Florida State, we're leaving. And he said Florida State, I was out the door. Yeah, that that's the air left that room when people kind of figured out what was going on. Because, what, Ben, there were 150, 200 Ole Miss fans in there, probably. Yeah. You know? It was packed. At packed. the Mississippi Hall of and, Fame. Uh, oh, God. Just, here we go again. Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame, yeah. and, boy – they all left the exits. I mean, it was uh, it was like the air went out of the room. And, you know, we caught hell from our subscribers. What else can you do, though? Did. Like you said, in the room yeah. 15 minutes beforehand, you're talking to the people who should know, who would know, and previous years did know. 
And they're saying Ole Miss, man, I, Ole Miss, Ole Miss, and yet no, it's Florida. Well, State. and he had he had made it perfectly clear with the Ole Miss coaching staff he was coming to Ole Miss. Oh yeah, he told Derek Nick straight up, I'm coming. Yes. I mean, yeah, that's what happened. Absolutely. Right. So, anyway, it is what it is. Uh, good luck to Cam on his career. I understand he's injured. Yeah, he's injured he's uh, for the year. Sucks. He's going to miss this season. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, but you know who gets you know who gets an opportunity now? I think it's Daryl Henderson. He does. South Panola. Ole Miss yeah. didn't offer him. Did not. And I want to tell you what, Daryl would have crawled here. Yes. Yes. He would have crawled here, but he never could get across whatever was blocking him from offering the kid. And uh, the rest is history, just like Kenny Gainwell. Kenny Gainwell would have walked here too. Mm-mm-mm. We could, t- yeah, we could do a all, full podcast. We could do a full podcast telling stories about this kind of stuff right here. About yeah, Kenny Gainwell's sure. there, yeah, guys that wanted to be at Ole Miss would have crawled just begging for an offer and didn't get one. Real quick before I let you go, because you got to go. Um, offers went out, and you've seen a lot of retweets from Lane Kiffin. Just is that official offer stuff? That's all that is, right? Yeah, yeah. Official offers could roll out at midnight on August first, and uh, that's what happened. Um, you know, and 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 honestly, it's symbolic more than anything else. Look, a kid's got a piece of paper. It says official offer. They can still pull that offer. Okay, it's just symbolic when these official offers go out. Uh, there's nothing legal to it where, you know, the, the schools are locked in and they have to take the kid. Uh, so, uh, okay, it's good. It's pomp and circumstance is what it is. He's David Johnson at Rebels247 on Twitter. We both write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and a of 247 Sports. You're always great, man. I appreciate you. We'll do it again. Sounds good, Ben. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.